And um, we had the Ikbalo School of Worship and Prayer and, they, and Missions come and, and lead. And, um, you know, it, it's what I experienced at the end of the night. If I only experienced, like, maybe, when I'm looking back, maybe four or five times in my life. And it was, usually it's, it takes time for people's hearts to knit as one and only in one direction to, to the Lord. But at the end, um, the presence of God was here so real, so heavy, um, that just like that last song we sung where a million angels fall down on their faces before the Lord and just say, holy, holy, holy. Um, I couldn't stand, I couldn't sit. All I could do was fall down on my face before the Lord. And I was just a few times in my life, you know, I, I was in his throne room and couldn't even look up. And just, you know, like, I'm going to be talking about this because that shouldn't be so strange if you read your Bible. You know, Paul says, you know, all the things he saw, whether in the body or not, he didn't know. And the book of Revelations, John got, you know what he said? I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day when he got those things. And is it, um, you know that you're here but not here? You're, you're in this dimension, but whatever dimension the throne room is, you're there. And just laying my hands, he said, lay your hands on the floor. And I did, and he said, because he is resetting the foundation stones of the church. Not the church in general worldwide. He's doing something new, something different. This is a time in history that there's something new, but also for me, this church. And I looked to the side, and Yolanda was doing the same thing, and found out later he told her the same thing. And other people were in the throne room. And, um, and so I'm just going to be going over the different things when I've been praying about it this after that. What are the foundation stones you're resetting? And one of them is, um, and I'll be going over them. Um, uh, next week I won't be here. We're going on a, a camping trip with some of the Iqbalo leaders and Island Breeze leaders. Uh, and then um, the following week I'll be sharing about the history here from the Christian perspective at Glad Tidings Church. But um, I will continue after that, after Easter. But I want to start with this scripture here, John 16, 7. Let's see if we can get that. Okay. This is Jesus talking. And he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But I if I depart, I will send him unto you. You know how important it is to have the Holy Spirit with us? It was so important that he went away so that the Holy Spirit could come. Because, you know, Jesus, he had to do what he had to do. He had to do as a man in a three-dimensional body. 
But imagine if you wanted to go have a relationship with Jesus if he never went away. You'd have to go to Israel and it'd probably be a 10-year waiting list and you, maybe you get five minutes if you're lucky. But if he went away back to where he can, he can be, all power, all knowledge, all wisdom and everything, he can have that relationship with each of us, which is what he wanted. And that's why he went away, so we could each have that personal relationship with him. And like I always say, Christianity is not a religion. It's a personal relationship with God. That's why he went away, so the Holy Spirit could come. But you know what? You know, I've been a, um, for like 40 years following him, but you know, the church in general, talk about the Father, talk about Jesus, but hardly of the Holy Spirit. Only when you baptize, maybe, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, you know, rarely talk about the Holy Spirit, learning about the Holy Spirit, talking about this relationship that was so important that Jesus left so that the Holy Spirit could come to us. And we don't talk about it. We don't understand it. He's saying he's resetting that right now for us. The importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's so important. Colossians 1.21 says, It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He left so he can be with all of us. And Romans 8.11 says, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's how important it was for him to go. Otherwise, it wouldn't. But now, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. But if, you know, again, we have our own free will. And if you don't, you know, that's why the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. If you don't believe it, you know, he won't force himself on you. But this is what the scriptures say. And it's so important. Um, next scripture, Matthew 7, 23 says, about people who do all these things for Christ. And then he says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He never knew them. You know that the, the Pharisees memorized the whole scriptures at that time. And yet they missed Jesus completely. They persecuted him, crucified him. It's, we need the scripture as our foundation and we need to know it. I'm, we're so blessed we have a you know, amazing Bible teacher that we need that foundation so you know about him, what he did in the past, what he says, his laws, what he likes, he doesn't like, what he has, we see that there. But um, uh, yesterday I took uh, Anella down to uh, uh, YWAM down there. She's going to spend a week with the whole, whole DTS down there. And on the way down, we were just talking. And I said, do you have a favorite athlete? And she said, this Japanese volleyball player. I said, what? I never heard of that. I don't, I don't even remember what name she said he was. But I said, okay, if they wrote a book about him, you could read all about his life, his childhood, what he likes, he doesn't like, his marriage, his and you know all about him, and so then you, you go to Japan, knock on his door, and say, hey, I know you. What is he going to say? I don't know you. 
See, we can read all about Jesus and what we need to know that so we know because everything else the Holy Spirit says will fall in alignment with the Word of God. It won't be outside of that, otherwise you know it's not Him. And that's the part we have to really know and understand because the devil will come as an angel of light and fool us. So we need that foundation. But we don't just stay on the foundation, we build upon the foundation. And so, you know, we, we need to, to know and have that relationship with him. Not only know about him, but have that relationship. Where they say, yeah, he'll say, I know you too. Just like the, this guy who went and he tried to cast out the demon. I don't know if you remember that story. And the demon says, I know Jesus, I know Paul. I don't know you. And ravaged the guy. See, he says, yeah, in the name of Jesus. But we, you know, there's, there's something about, we need to understand that's taking the name of God in vain if you don't have, if he didn't tell you that. You don't have that relationship with you, with him. Yeah? So, um, let's look at these scriptures. Exodus 27. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The NIV says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. That word vain or guiltless is the, the Hebrew word shav, which means emptiness, falsehood, lying, worthless, useless. You're using his name, but it's useless. It's worthless, empty. It's a lie. In other words, he didn't tell you. Jesus only did what the Father told him or showed him. He had that relationship with him. And I, I give that example of a child going out to his brothers and sisters and saying, Dad said, come in right now and do your chores. Okay? If Dad really told the child to say that, even if he's the youngest child, they better listen. You know why? Otherwise, the answer to dad. But if he went out there and dad really didn't say that, then he better watch out because he's going to answer to dad. So you be very careful when we say, God told me. You can say, I, you know, I'm feeling like God's saying this or something like that, but when you say, God told me, um, make sure that was the Lord. Don't take his name in vain. Or you see in movies where the police officer knocks on the, on the door and he says, in the name of the law. Right? Because he stands to uphold the law. But if he comes up to your car and knocks on the window and he says, give me all your money in the name of the law. You know what? He not only could lose his job, he could go into prison. Because he's lying. He didn't have that authority to say that, to use the name of the law. And the same thing when we use Jesus' name. That we have that relationship with him. So another scripture, John 16, 13. Says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. There wasn't all the truth given yet. And Paul says, there's stuff that the Holy Spirit showed me. I can't tell you. You're not ready yet. It's not time yet. 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the future, what we need to know about the future, John 16, 8 says, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin. He brings conviction. And Luke 12, 12 says, for the, the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you should say. Now, this is the kind of relationship that we need to begin to start having with the Holy Spirit so that you listening to him and he will tell you right there what to say when you come before people, authorities and kings and so on. What to say, he will tell you if we have that relationship, but we got to choose. Yeah, and it's coming to a time that, that he wants this for us. He always wanted to have that relationship with us. But he's saying he wants it for us because this, we're coming to a time where we need to be hearing him. Everything is so confusing in this world right now and separating. And so we, we need to know that this is a time to, uh, where everybody has to get off the fence and no lukewarm Christians, we're going to be in or out. Yeah? And we're going to have to choose at this time. That's how it's going to be. You're going to be either on the playing field or you're out of the stadium. You're no more just sitting in the stands. Because we all have a part. God gave every single one a gift and a special ministry. And we all need to get in the game. And he's, because this is a time where we are going to need that relationship with him. You know, uh, let me give you an example one day, Yolanda was driving her car, and the Holy Spirit told her to change lanes. When I tell you, okay, get ready, change. She changed lanes, and the car next to her went foop, right in her lane. And if she wasn't listening and have that relationship with him, she would have been hit on the freeway. The Holy Spirit wants to take care of us, wants to guide us, wants to lead us, but are we listening? Do we spend the time to build that relationship? And it ain't easy. It ain't easy because he's spirit and we're three-dimensional and he's like over even our, you know, three-dimensional scientists now saying 16 dimensions for everything to work from, you know, gravity to planets and everything to the quantum level where there's quantum particles that you are made of that are outside of time and space, linked particles. And so for everything to work, they're saying it needs to be 16 dimensions. Now, that, that's only our three-dimensional minds. So it's kind of hard to get to know a, a being that's like all-powerful, all-knowing, and all above all that. So, but our, he wants to have a relationship with us, so we take the time. And we start learning and, and listening. And we can have that kind of relationship is what he wants, because he wants to take care of us and guide us and fill our lives. See, because he is God, he is love. God is love. And love, peace, joy, all of that come with it. And will fill us because that's who he is when he. And that's our new DNA. We have the same DNA that Jesus had. If I can say it in a more scientific way. He was born of sinful flesh and the spirit of God came upon him. And we are born again too now by the spirit of God. That's why the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And um, that's why 
all authority in heaven and earth was given to him, but we got to mature up and grow in him. Salvation is free, but to have the authority of God and to have him in our life like that takes following him because he loves us. You know, and, um, you know, I've given that example many times. And I've, in fact, I told Nella and Alvin as we were driving down again, you know, if, if you have two sons and you, they want to borrow the car, you let them borrow the car. You say, be back by 11, no drinking, no drugs. Come back home and one comes back home, didn't drink, didn't do drugs. The other one comes back 3 o'clock in the morning, all high. And then they say the next weekend, Oh, we got a party in Kona. I want to borrow the car again. Who are you going to give the car to? Because of love. Because you love them. That person is going to drink and get all high and drive. He can not only harm himself, but harm others. And the others he harms, Jesus loves just as much as every one of us. So because of love, he will not give him. The car is power. The car is freedom. But because of love, you won't give them that. And the same thing for us. As we prove ourselves to be children who are obedient to our Father and, take and are responsible, He will give us more and more power and authority. Um, 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're learning to do more and more. And, you know, I, I tell the people who are leading worship that week, um, it's not what I like and what I want. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do they need? You're the worship leader. You're doing it now for them. What do they need to hear? What songs? What do they need for their hearts at this week? And that's how we learn to listen and flow with him. And he will tell us the future, and he will tell us, guide us into all street truth. You see, the Bible doesn't say in um, first bonnet, Steve and Carly, I want you to sell everything and move from Canada to Hilo, Hawaii. Mine said that. You said that? Okay. <laughs> Mine uh, it seems to be missing first bonnet, though. But... Uh, yeah, okay. But it doesn't say in Second Daniel, I want you to stay at this church where the pastor was committing adultery and taking money. In. We're saying, get us out of here, Lord. He said, you stay there. Okay, are we going to be obedient? Even though it's very, very hard and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to us. But he was training us. Because the Bible says God placed all authorities. Maybe not that man, but the authority he placed. And if he tells me to be under him, then I need to treat that man with respect for his position of authority and love him like, like a, a dysfunctional father. Still love and respect. The Bible doesn't say only a perfect father you respect. He says honor them. And when we learn to do that, which was very difficult... He was exposed, not by us. And God launched us into our ministry, which has been the greatest blessing of my life after my uh, wife and family. And that's the training. And, 
Uh, every time I said, get me out of here, he would say, did he try to kill you yet? Because, you know, David, he was under Saul, and Saul tried to pin him to the wall with a spear more than once and chased him all over trying to kill him because he was jealous. And David had a chance to kill Saul. And all his people are saying, kill him, kill him, kill him. You were anointed king. He's nuts. Come on. And he said, I will not touch God's anointed. Because the guy was crazy. But it was the position that God put him in and didn't take him out of that, that he gave that respect. It was a test for him, for his anointing as leader and later on. And so we learn and we grow in these things. It's part of our growing and our training as we do that. And he was launched into his ministry. So, again, as we do these things, you know, if, if we want our church, churches, you know, like I talk to people outside and they say, ah, you know, look, you guys, if that's love, you can keep it. It would be love and right if we're following the Holy Spirit and the only reason you pick a church, God told me this is where to go. Not because I like the worship, I like the pastor, or I like the AC, or it has what my kids want, because God said so. Even it has nothing that you want. Because if we go there and we're like that, we are going to be blessed. Just like how we stayed there and we're so blessed by what the Lord did through that time. And the only reason to stay, God says to stay. Only reason to leave, God says time to leave. Not because I don't like so-and-so or the worship leader left or whatever else. Somebody offended me. We work through all of that. That's what he wants. So to that, and we'll talk about some of that, the unity that he wants. It's not easy. Not easy. Because I'm the only one perfect one here. Now, those who know me know that's a lie. Sorry. So, you know, it's hard to work with people. But if we push through it, the blessings of that unity pour down upon us, and it's worth it. So that's the only way we don't leave and talk bad things about that church or that person or whatever else. That's what he wants us to stop. The Word of God says not to do that. So as we do these things, and as we're guided, at this, especially at this time, that relationship is there. And he wants to pour it out. And we've got a lot more to share, but I'm going to call the worship team up as we pray. And um, yeah, play the song, Holy Spirit. Because he's been, you know, this is a time that we need him. And he is the reason Jesus left. So that the Holy Spirit could come because he loves us. He wanted each of us to have a personal relationship with him. There's so many other scriptures to go over. Read your Bible. Read the context I'm reading from and look, look at all those things. Okay. So let's pray. Um, Father God, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you for sending your son. And Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on the cross for us. And... Um, and going away so the Holy Spirit could come, so we each could have a personal relationship with you, that you love us so much, you want that with us. You put your spirit in us so that we have your DNA and we can be called the children, the sons and daughters of God, 
now born again into your kingdom with all the authority and power that was given to you, that same spirit dwells in us. Help us to have that relationship with you, get closer and closer to you, because as we do that, you know, it's a learning experience. We all, you know, it's, it's our hearts to follow you, not being perfect, because none of us are. But as we do that, we will grow from glory to glory, you said. And because you are love, peace, joy, and all of that, more and more of that comes in our life. Even through the turbulent times, we can have the peace that passes all understanding because of the relationship we have with you. So we ask for more and more understanding of that. In Jesus' name, amen.